Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm your other host, Corwin Teller. And uh, we're recording this on December 29th, 2019, one of the last few days you can say that year and have it still be current. And the NFL playoff picture has just about clarified itself. We're um, Currently, it's 9.17 p.m. here on the East Coast. So the final game of the regular season is happening, which does technically have playoff implications, uh, but it's relatively minor as far as its impact. But we'll get into that as we get into the entirety of what the NFL playoffs will look like this year. Yeah. You ready, Corbin? Yeah, let's jump into it. All right. Well, let's start with the AFC since it's already been determined. Uh, as of right now, the uh, teams by seeding are the Ravens at 14 and 2. They are the first seed. Second seed, the Chiefs, 12 and 4. Third seed is the Patriots, also at 12 and 4. Fifth seed, fourth seed is the Texans, 10 and 6. The fifth seed is the Bills, 10 and 6. The sixth seed is the Titans, 9 and 7. That makes for the Chiefs and Ravens having a first round bye. The Titans will play in Foxborough against the Patriots, and the Bills will play in Houston against the Texans. How does it make you feel that the Patriots do not have a bye for the first time in a decade? All right. Well, you know, first and foremost, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them to death. Um, second off, I feel like if there was a year that it was this was actually going to matter for the Patriots. This is that year. Uh, Brady looks not bad, but worn a lot more than he's ever looked worn this late into the season. And look, do I think that they're going to Titans are going to give him a hard time? Uh, I mean, probably not. But I think it's important that the Patriots will have to play one more game this year. This is a year where they really, really could have used a buy and they're not getting it. Mm -hmm. they just i mean their defense is honestly the best that it's been since early brady years yeah since you know for as long as i've been watching football and this is by far the worst tom brady's looked in that entire time um so a first round bye would have absolutely been huge for them i i don't know how much they're going to struggle in this matchup i mean the titans have become a very different team since Ryan Tannehill has taken over. Um, we'll see what happens with, you know, NFL leading rusher Derrick Henry up against his Patriots defense and a, you know, middle of the pack Titans defense up against a pretty me mediocre Patriots offense. So I think this is going to be a much better matchup than this would be on paper. Um, but, you know, it should be exciting regardless. Yeah, I mean, these, these two teams faced off two years ago in the playoffs, was it? Possibly. With that Mariota own like uh, pass and reception. You know the one I'm talking about? Uh, Where it I got deflected so. back at him, and then he just ran it in for a touchdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Was, that. that was like two years ago, I think. I don't... Uh, I, I'm so bad with remembering which playoffs are which for football. Uh, but that that was a, that was a, uh, a Titans team that were mildly competitive against the Patriots. Not great, but they, they tried their hardest. Um, and this Titans team feels better, 
but it's also the Patriots and it's tough to ever feel good against the Patriots. You know, so mm-hmm. Tannehill has done a lot this year. He's played in 11 games. He started nine of them. His record this season, which take it for what you will, six and three, um, a 70.7% completion percent, which is by far the best of his career. Uh, he has 2,544 yards in, a, you know, 11 games, only nine of which has a starter. Is That's pretty fucking good. Um, he would have almost certainly got to 4,000 at that rate if he had played a full season. Which would have been very exciting to see, especially coming from, you know, a very run-heavy Titans uh, team. Yeah, just for reference, he played 11 games last year as the Miami uh Dolphins quarterback, uh, same so same amount of games, although all 11 of them were as starters as compared to only nine of them for this year. And he had 1,979 yards and he was 2,544 yards this year, 600 yard difference, um, which is huge. See what it's like when you don't play for Adam Gase. Yeah, he has 20 touchdowns on six interceptions. Uh, he ha- he's averaging. Ooh, get this. He leads the league in these next categories. Yards per attempt, average adjusted yards per attempt, yards per completion, and quarterback rating, and net yards per pass attempt. <laughs> Just saying, those are all of the categories you want to lead in. <laughs> yeah, the only ones he's not actively leading the league in right now are yards per game, uh, QBR, and then a few other not as important ones. Uh, for reference, his yards per attempt, 9.6. Adjusted yards per attempt, 10.1. Yards per completion, 13.5. He has posted a 116.5 quarterback rating. Again, by far the best of his career. And his net yards per attempt is 7.85. This is a, this is a tidy fucking season for Ryan Tannehill. I know we've talked about this uh, in the last episode, but I will be amazed if he can keep this up next year. Not because I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill, just I it's a very late in his career to really be breaking out for the first time because we haven't seen this kind of play from him yet. Yeah. This feels um, almost like Nick Foles two years ago when the Eagles won the Super Bowl on the back of his phenomenal play, except Nick Foles actually was good, like off and on throughout his career. Whereas Ryan Tannehill, he never was bad, but he was he was always like a Jameis Winston. He was always like, look, he, he could be better. He definitely always could have been better. I feel like this is different somehow from Nick Foles. I don't know why it would be different, but I feel like it is just because... Because Nick Foles, I think, always showed that he could be something. Right. And he, you'd really... You'd get a game every now and then where you really saw it. That's seven, you know, that, like seven touchdowns. Yep. yep. Um, or there was a weird season where he he like led the league in completion percentage or some shit. Like he he's had really really good stretches, but just never kind of got all the way there. So seeing him be on for like four games, which is essentially all he played. Um, maybe it was five because he played the three playoff games and I think maybe the last two games of the season or some shit like that. It wasn't it wasn't a lot. Point being, it wasn't a lot. Uh, you you, you kind of got it, you know. Like it's like, yeah, he's not great, but he can be in short periods, and here he is. Whereas Tannehill never, Tannehill was always just consistently 
mildly better than average slash average to the point where like you wanted to believe he could take a step up but just never quite did and i feel like another reason why this is different is this is his first time with this new team it's not like Foles where he was up and down while playing for the rams up and down while playing for the eagles mostly down while playing for the jaguars Tannehill was always kind of like he showed promise but was never anything on the Dolphins. And then the second he jumps over to the Titans, he looks like a completely different player. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to put your finger on. I don't know. Do you have a, do you have a better comparison to Foles than, I guess, than Foles? Because Foles feels like the closest Man, I can I get. But know. Like, I, just, I don't remember any recent quarterbacks that made this huge jump once they got traded to a new team, you know? Yeah. Cause I don't know. Quarterbacks usually don't change teams unless they're really bad. And once they get re-signed from where they were drafted, they usually don't improve because they're usually relegated to a second string kind of guy. They're either good to begin with and get signed in free agency to a big deal, or they suck and don't get re-signed. And then whoever signs them, turns him into a backup, kind of like how he started his career in Tennessee. Yeah, I... This, it, it, <laughs> I'm just struggling to find something else to really say. It just feels so... It's it feels like the thing we're going to start comparing it to. It's that we're going we're gonna to be looking for another Ryan Tannehill season out of somebody. Right, right. I'm definitely not going to put money on this next year, or like money on him being good. Because no, I wouldn't. Fuck trying to guess that yeah that's absolutely not worth it uh all right let's just jump over to our, our next for sure wild card matchup um or i guess playoff matchup the, the bills and the texans yeah I, this is this is gonna be weird <laughs> i could not say it better myself like they're two 10 and 6 teams who both had great seasons but it's like i'm not excited for this game at all I'm like, interested. Yeah, like the Bills have a good defense. The Texans sometimes have a good offense. And I, like, I don't even know how these two teams are going to match up. It's just, it's weird all around. That it certainly is. Um, I guess I would say if we're looking at potential, the their defenses. I think are relatively equal, maybe small edge to the Bills. Okay. Their offensive potential, humongous edge to the Texans. Um, because that offense is just Deshaun Watson is just so comically better at his position than Josh Allen is at his. Not to mention the Texans have wide receivers, and the Bills have Cole Be- Beasley. Um, <laughs> They have Dawson Knox. He's a big tight, or he's a big wide receiver. You know, I didn't even know who that was. Yeah, it, <laughs> honestly, I don't even know if he's like still healthy. If he's still starting for them, I just know he was really their only bright spot receiving the ball earlier this year. So we're, I'm going to roll with it. All right, let let me, let me ask you this because I'm not really sure how much creative things I have to say about this matchup. Do you think whichever team wins has a chance against either of the teams on a bye 
Um, not really. I think the Texans might have a chance against the Chiefs. I think the Bills have a slightly lower chance against the Chiefs. Uh, but the Chiefs have kind of really pulled it together as of late. So um, I really don't think they will. Granted, it's the NFL playoffs and any fucking thing can happen. But yeah, I think the Ravens and the Chiefs are both significantly better than the rest of this field. The Ravens in particular. I mean, my goodness, 14 and two. Oh what God. a goddamn season. Jesus Christ. Even with RG3 at the helm without Lamar Jackson, they looked... Like their run game just looked unstoppable against a very good Steelers defense. So who fucking knows how that's gonna go out? Go down. Excuse me. And um I I guess we can save the teams on a bye, uh projecting them out seems kind of pointless for right now. So let's let's leave the AFC alone for a moment. Let's jump on over to the NFC. Uh our teams in order of seeding. First seed, the Green Bay Packers at 13 and 3. Second seed, the Saints, also 13 and 3. The third seed, the 49ers, whom, again, as of recording this, they are 12 and 3. They uh, are they currently winning? I mean, last uh, I checked, they, they were. They are up 13 nothing. Yes, 13 zilch. So we'll uh, 12 and 3 with the potential to be 13 and 3, which, again, will um, oh my God, possibly change our seeding. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Our fourth seed, pointlessly, is the Eagles at nine and seven. Uh, our fifth seed, the Seattle Seahawks at eleven and four, and our sixth seed, the Minnesota Vikings at ten and six. Uh, this is subject to change, of course, if the 49ers end up winning today, which again, it looks likely that they will. They will swap seeds with the Packers. The Packers will become the third seed, and the uh, Niners will become the second, the first seed. Uh, I, I believe that sounds right. Anyway, I fully believe that's how that would go down. Yeah. So let's take it under its current situation, which says that the Niners will be the third seed. And then we'll just do this a second time with the, uh, that changing around. All right. Vikings Niners. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. Um, but I really don't have faith in Kirk Cousins, and I really am not sure how healthy the running backs are going to be for the Vikings. Um, I, if, if they're going with Mike Boone, it's going to be a an exciting game, but it probably won't mean the Vikings are going to come out with a victory. Uh, I would solidly put the 49ers at a major advantage there. Oh, I would certainly as well. Um, this Niners team has been a fascinating storyline. They've been uh, just so sure-handed in almost all of their games, mm-hmm. uh, and they've come out looking, come out of the season looking absolutely phenomenal in damn near every move that they've made, uh, coaching-wise, player personnel-wise. Jesus, um, such a complete team, top to bottom. Whereas the Vikings, they've looked really good in certain stretches, especially recently, but. I also don't have a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins. Um, and as tacky as it sounds, Kirk Cousins on primetime is terrible. So it makes you wonder how great he's going to handle high-pressure situations, which, again, usually wouldn't matter in most sports. But football is weird. <laughs> the sample sizes are super small that you kind of have to take something out of something. And uh, you know what? Kirk Cousins is a little bitch. So fuck him. 
Um, Honestly, that is how I would describe Kirk Cousins. Oh, he is <laughs> such a little bitch. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to say uh, Niners, especially with home field here, you know, I, yeah. I, I give it to them pretty this readily. Summer, or this spring, I really want to do a breakdown episode on how John Lynch and uh, Kyle Shanahan rebuilt this team uh, after Harbaugh left. Well, I guess after everything kind of fell apart there. Yeah, Chip Kelly. He was the um, last one, right? I, was it? Was it Kelly before... Or after Tom Sula? Yeah, no, because Tom Sula replaced Harbaugh. That was a train wreck that lasted a season. And I guess they did bring in Chip Kelly after that. They did. because he, That was his last NFL coaching job before he went back to college. Yeah, which also has been a train wreck. Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, was that, like, oh, that'll be a college fun coach. episode to do. College. Yeah, that would be fascinating. Um, but yeah, 49ers all the way. Okay, I mean the that, fact that the fact that they should be the f- one seed playing against the six seed Vikings. I mean, come on. Hey, the six seed Vikings who are doing better than uh, the fourth seed, as we will discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, the our next matchup is the Eagles hosting stupid the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> um, what make um, you of this? I, I don't think the Eagles have a chance. Fucking I really don't. No. They are Jesus. so hurt. There was a line to get into their medical tent today. Did you know that? No. The players had to wait outside the medical tent before they could get in because so many people were hurt. Oh, that's hilarious. I really want that to be 100% true. Like, I didn't see it in the broadcast, but I saw people tweeting about it. I really, really want that to be true. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, this, the, the, the Eagles have no business being in the playoffs, and they have no business hosting a playoff game. And here they are doing both of those things. Well, would you rather have the Cowboys here? No, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather the NFC East just not get a, 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 represent, a representative, representative <laughs> team in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Ah, oh, man, what would be the, if we just had like a, a third wild card instead of the Eagles, who would we have? Um, standings wise, it would be, I have the standings up in front of me. Oh no, I changed it to the scores. Josh, why'd you do that? Um, I have no idea. Let's just say it's the Rams. They'd be a more fun team. It would be, I guess, did the Rams win today? Don't know. Didn't watch their game. Uh, I didn't watch their game either. Damn it. One of us should have done that. Oh, I have the scores up too. You know, I prepped and I don't even look at it. What other, uh, what other? Yeah, the Rams did one today. Nine or ten wins. They, they did ah. win today. They were nine and seven as well. They were the only other nine and seven team. So it would be the Rams. Yeah, which nice. I would take in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, hell, I'd take the Cowboys over the Eagles. Eh. They at least have a chance to be good. Eh. I mean, granted, the Eagles have a chance to be good, but man, they're just so hurt. Only I just technically. I mean, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, the Seahawks, everything involved there. Yeah. I, I think it might be a competitive game if Carson Wentz is playing well and they get some players back, but definitely putting my money on the Seahawks. I just can't. All right, here's here's the teams that the um that the Eagles have beat this wait, the twenty eighteen? Why would it no. be twenty who cares about twenty eighteen? Give me current season, stupid pro football reference. All right, here here here's the, the teams that the uh, Eagles have beat this season in order. The Redskins, the Packers, 
the Jets, the Bills, the Bears, an OT win against the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys, and they just beat the Giants again today. So the not a single they, playoff team. Uh, the Packers. That's the only oh, team. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, and the Bills. Sorry, there's two. And then everyone else, they swept the Giants. They swept the Redskins. Um, they Did they sweep the Cowboys? No, they split with the Cowboys. It's not pretty. Teams that they've lost to this season. The Falcons, when they were bad, followed immediately by the Lions. The Minnesota Vikings, the Dallas Cowboys, the New England Patriots, the Seattle Seahawks, whom they are playing, um, the Miami Dolphins. Oof. So they've lost to some awful teams and some competitive teams. They're not good. No, they're they really aren't that good. This is not good. Uh, they're going well, to do very poorly. <laughs> so you want to just move on from this matchup? Yeah, let's actually loop back around um, because there is a chance, a very likely chance at that, that the Niners do not play the Vikings, in which case the Packers will. What make you of that matchup? Uh, exact same scenario. Yeah, nothing changes on my end either. It's funny how, like, to start the season, we were so concerned about the Packers' offense, and even today they didn't look fantastic. Um, but man, they just are such a better team than they were to start the season. And I, I really think they could beat any team here, you know, like the Seahawks, I don't think they could beat the saints or the Packers or the 49ers, you know, uh, the 49ers could probably beat anyone else in the field. The Vikings definitely couldn't, but the Packers, man, like they just are a complete football team. Yeah, for once, it's not Aaron Rodgers carrying the team. Right. Like I mean, the, I have, I have no doubt that he still could. but Oh, for sure. <laughs> but he doesn't he need to. He doesn't have that pressure. It's fantastic. Yeah, it really is a difference to watch. Um, all right, Corin, what would you think if I told you that the five worst teams in the AFC, if I told you this at the beginning of the season, that the, at the end of the season, the five worst teams in the NFC, AFC, fuck, would be in order of worst to least worst, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would not be surprised by four of those teams. Okay. <laughs> uh, 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 all right. I would have been surprised by the Chargers. I think that's the team 100%. that you would have been surprised by, yeah. too. Yeah. I would be mildly surprised by the Browns. I, yeah, I will say I would be mildly surprised. Yeah, so like um, one and a half. If you asked me if I would be surprised if the Browns finished bottom five, I'd be like, eh, they are the Browns. Like, yeah, sure, <laughs> That's this team's mean, oh, very yeah. different, but they are the Browns. But if you said the Chargers would be like the third worst team in the AFC, I would have laughed. Laughed and right with the same face. record as Miami. Yeah, for real. If you told me they those two teams would have the same record, I would ask... Uh, I'd ask a lot of questions. I, I oh, don't yeah. know how that could have turned out. Yeah. yeah. All right. What if I had told you at the beginning of the season that at the end of the season, the five worst teams in the NFC would be in order from worst to least worst, the Washington Redskins, the Detroit Lions, the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers, and the Arizona Cardinals. No surprises whatsoever. 
Yeah, especially if you know if you knew that Cam Newton wasn't going to play this year, right? Then, that would be yeah, the one no surprise. Right? Yeah, this um, <laughs> this is exactly how you would have drawn it up. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's actually really funny how little surprises there were. I mean, the Rams were were close to having a very surprising season. Uh, yeah, they were yeah. they were able to pull it out, but. It would be hilarious. All right. Now, what's more surprising? Um, actually, I'm going to ask you about every 7-9 team in the AFC because it's fascinating. Sure. How surprised are you that the Denver Broncos finished 7-9? and nine? Uh, With Joe Flacco leading the way to start the season? Not too surprised. I'm surprised they won that many games. I would have pegged them for fewer. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's not a bad... Comment, yeah, yeah. Follow, following up with that. How surprised are you that Oakland managed to win seven games? Um, honestly, less surprised. I think they had had a more talented roster than the Broncos to start the season. Uh, actually, you know what? That's probably fair. How surprised are you that the Indianapolis Colts finished seven and nine? Uh, before, or after, actually, I would have been surprised either way. Um, if I thought Andrew Luck was playing and they got seven wins, I would have been amazed if I thought Andrew Luck, or if this was after we knew Andrew Luck was retiring. Um, honestly, probably seven and nine would be where I would put them with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, honestly, that one's not, that one's not outrageous. How surprised are you that the Jets finished seven and nine? Mightily, mightily surprised. Didn't yeah. they what, go what like six and two over the last eight weeks? Yeah, they fucking crushed it these last two weeks. It it's is startling. Shit, dude. Beat, Why is that bullshit? Because you beat the Steelers. If oh, you went, well, yeah. If you went five and three and didn't beat the Steelers, I'd be like, "Wow, good on the Jets. I love this." But you beat the Steelers, so fuck you. Oh, you guys would have gotten absolutely butt fucked in the playoffs, and you know it. Oh, I yeah, a hundred percent, no doubt. Ah, uh, yeah, this is an interesting crop of teams. These are all, I mean, granted, those middle teams, the Raiders and the um, Colts, do have good reason to suspect that they may have been able to go seven to nine. But the Broncos managing to eke out seven games is pretty surprising. Same with the Jets, especially at how the way their season started which was comical at best a train wreck at worst um real quick the jets in their since week 10 went um six and two the jets from weeks one through nine were one and seven that's really bad Yep, the Jets lost to the Bills, Browns, Patriots, bye week, and the Eagles. Yes, they lost to the bye week. Um, and then they beat the Cowboys, because everyone should. And then they lost to the Pats, Jags, and Dolphins before beating the Giants, Redskins, and Raiders in succession, losing to the Bengals, beating the Dolphins, losing to the Ravens, as everyone should, and then beating the Steelers and the Bills. Uh, fucking weird season. Uh, but the giant, the Jets only lost um, one. Uh, when did Sam Darnold come back? I think he came back for the 
for the Cowboys. So they only lost uh, four, five, six games that Darnold started. The other three were uh, not against him. It's pretty interesting. That is. Yeah. Have Have your opinions on Adam Gase changed? Oh, fuck no. Get him out of here. <laughs> There's clown. no way that's going to happen, though. Which just makes no sense. But... You went six and two over the last eight games. As much as I despise Adam Gates as much as anyone else, um, I think that was a redundant sentence. But we're get- whatever. Uh, there's no way he's gone. I know, but it still hurts. He absolutely should be. I'm with you on that, but I don't know how they fire him. <laughs> whatever. I'm uh, I'm upset. It's not going to change, and whatever. Um, yeah. speaking of coach firings, we've had two more. Uh, yeah. In the last few days, uh, yesterday it was announced that Freddie, no, uh, who was it announced yesterday? Uh, Doug Marone. Doug Marone was announced yesterday that he will not be, or, or I should say, not him. The Jaguars announced <laughs> that Doug Marone will no longer be a coach. Hey guys, uh, I just got fired. Just tweeting out, just to let you guys know, tomorrow's my last day. Bye. <laughs> um, he will not be coming back to coach the Jaguars in next season, and it got announced today that Freddie Kitchens was also canned both of these moves make a lot of sense yeah um doug marone i mean what do you want to say about the jags this year just disappointment after disappointment um garner Minshew was really actually garner Minshew and uh leonard Fournette were really the only two bright spots this whole season for them um the defense was ugly once again um. Yeah, I mean, I, I they got to bring in an offensive guy here. I think in my mind, otherwise, I don't know what you do with Garner Minshew and uh, Nick Foles. That's so. I'm just really glad I don't have to make that decision uh, between Garner Minshew and Nick Foles because no matter what decision is made, a lot of people are going to think it's wrong. Um, yeah, very much so. A no win. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, I think, was a much easier choice to move on from uh, just because of how disastrous, disastrous, I feel like I'm still not saying that right, disastrous, how horrible this season has been for the Browns. (laughs) Yeah, and not just on the field. I mean, seeing the anger and frustration out of uh, the wide receivers who, I mean, those are two very, very talented players that are looking quite unhappy. Um, not to mention the Miles Garrett situation and the uh, not not even to say that what happened is a result of Freddie Kitchens, but the fact that like you had uh, Baker Mayfield coming out against it very publicly, which you can say whether or not you believe that's the right thing, but you also have to acknowledge either way that it's going to have locker room implications mm-hmm. and it's there's a reason players don't usually voice their opinions on these things publicly because it complicates what happens in the locker room. And boy, so, was that locker room a disaster this year. Exactly. So I don't know what Freddie Kitchens brought to the table. And I'm genuinely, and I'm really willing to bet that there's a lot of Browns front office members who probably wish that they went with uh, Greg Williams instead. Surprisingly. Uh... Yeah, I mean, listen, I am all aboard the fuck Greg Williams train. Uh, Definitely not a fan of his. 
I think they should have gone with an outside hire instead. Um, but I don't know. I feel like was... Freddie Kitchens or Greg Williams is like a rock in a hard place, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, more so from the perspective of if they, because they were between the two, you know? And right. Greg Williams managed to thrive in New York, posting a uh, top 10 ranked defense, maybe top five after the game that they played today. Um, whereas the Browns fucking sucked. <laughs> yes, they did. So, yeah, the Jets, at least they didn't suffer too, at least in my recollection, didn't suffer too, too many hard fuckings. Um, I know that the Pats gave us one. Uh, their 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 games haven't given up thirty or more points. Uh, the Pats, the Eagles, the Pats, and the Ravens. That's it. That's not too bad. No, no, and uh, those are the outside of the Eagles. Uh, those are the teams you would expect. Yeah, I definitely would have expected that. Um, you know, I I I dislike greg williams for honestly yeah for being who he is um but he does seem to be able to get the job done on the field um i mean he's had success in new orleans he's had some success in st louis i guess la when they moved there um he had some success with the browns it's just i don't know if i'd want a man with his character being the head coach of my football team. You know, I, I understand as well, but somehow the, uh, people keep getting hired that you would be like, wow, well, he's awful. How did that happen? Uh, boys club, boys club. So all about the boys club. Yeah. Oh, oh, fucking Uh, well. Speaking of teams that are uh, heavily involved in this boy club, uh, the Washington Redskins are believed to have found a new coach. Who is it, buddy? Uh, it's Ron Rivera. Um, actually, also a member of the Boys Club, but should be hired on merit. Yeah, he's actually genuinely good and deserves a shot somewhere else. <laughs> um, this kind of has to go hand in hand with the news that uh, Bruce Allen, uh, the GM and president of football operations for the Redskins, has been not let go, but he's been removed from those specific responsibilities, which I don't know how to put this, but it's good and bad news. Like, it's good that he's no longer in charge of personnel decisions and things like that. But it's bad that they still like Dan Snyder still won't fire him and he's still going to be involved with that front office because I mean, if you think about it, if you take a CEO and say, all right, you're now a mid-level manager. Do you think that CEO is going to be able to get away with a hell of a lot more and be a lot more influential than just some random mid-level manager? No. No. Yes. Sorry, I I I I zoned out for a second there. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. You I totally, pulled the you, you totally got me off guard. I was so confused. I uh, totally I, fine. Because I, I I knew it was a yes or no question, so I had a fifty-fifty shot. Oh man. Uh. Yeah. I mean, 
fucking Bruce Allen's. He's basically, I don't know the name because I haven't seen the Lord of the Rings in a while, but he's basically that sneaky dude. Uh, Smeagol? Like, no, the, the guy who like is like in the ear of the uh, the king of uh, Gondor or Rohan. Oh, that fucking guy. Yeah. I don't know his name either. It's definitely Gondor because he gets thrown off the fucking ledge there. Um, whatever. Well, no, it, well, no. It, there, it was. There was. Uh, you're thinking about the. Um, oh, this is just such a deep dive. You're thinking about the um, the king that was being held down power wise by that guy who was uh, actually working with Sauron. The yes. guy in Gondor, that guy wasn't actually the king because there was no king. He was like a steward kind of dude who was assuming responsibilities, and he got uh, thrown down later. But you're thinking about the dude, um, the Riders of Rohan? Rohan. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're thinking about the uh, the guy whispering in the ear of that king over there. Yes, I am. Yeah. What? Man, it's been so long since I've seen Lord of the Rings. Love those fucking movies. They're so perfect, but I it's like one of those things. It's like uh the original Star Wars trilogy, like I kind of have to watch all three back to back to back. And boy, that's just so much time. It just feels so good though. Yeah, that's very true. Um I want to take there's so many things I want to talk about football wise with this week. I I want to talk about Jameis Winston, but real quick <laughs> I'm sorry, Jameis, but real, uh, we'll save it for after this. As of right now, uh, we have the first 17 picks in the NFL draft locked in. Would you like to hear them? Absolutely. All right. Going top down uh, in the 2020 draft, the first team picking will be the Cincinnati Bengals, followed by the Washington Redskins, the Detroit Lions, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins. Those are your first, those are your top five. Let's start with that. What do you think? Uh, it's going to be an exciting draft, I feel like, because the Bengals are definitely going to go with Joe Burrow, you know, unless some major news happens on that front. It's going to be Joe Burrow at one, which means the Redskins are almost certainly going to go chase Young at two. And then it's kind of, you know, the Lions and the Giants don't need quarterbacks. The Dolphins do. The Chargers do. Uh, spoiler alert. The Chargers are at six. They both do. Um, so it, we might see some trades in the top five to see people try to jump in front of the Dolphins or the Chargers or both. Um, it should be exciting regardless. Uh, I could see both the Lions or the Giants wanting to trade back. There are definitely teams, you know, in the top 17, we're going to say that should move up for a quarterback. Um, so it should be pretty fucking exciting. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting for basically all the reasons you already detailed, but uh, we're going to see some major needs addressed and it's going to be interesting to see because the teams that are a little bit further down in the draft order, they're so on the bubble. They're so close that this could be a good draft for them to think about being aggressive with their picks and trading up. Um, so let's get a little bit further down. Uh, six through 10, we have the LA Chargers, the Carolina Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and rounding it out, number 10, the Cleveland Browns. 
What make uh, you of this section of the draft? I'm very happy that the Browns were still able to get themselves a top 10 pick because that's where they belong. Um, Chargers being in a prime spot to take a quarterback is huge. Uh, that's great for them because, I mean, we've definitely seen Phillip Rivers. This has been the end for him. Um, yeah, I mean, the Panthers, the Cards, the Jags, there's definitely going to be... I mean, I don't think any of those guys are... I don't know, like the Panthers or the Jags could trade up for a quarterback. They're kind of close enough to the top, you know, to three or four with the Lions or Giants to not have to give up too much, too much, excuse me. Um, I don't know, like it, it, it'll definitely be exciting because there's definitely players that would fill major needs that aren't quarterbacks. It, there's so much fluidity here that could happen that it's hard to say one way or the other what's going to go down. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a very volatile draft at all stages. Um, Hopefully. God, I love chaos. Right. Um, It makes it so tough to predict because you expect almost every team to move, or at least you could see it it happen based on the needs that they have, that they're going to address, that the teams in front and behind them are going to address, competition for certain players. It's going to be fucking fascinating. Mm Mm-hmm. all right, and I'll round out the picks we have locked in. Um, number 11, the New York Jets, followed by the Oakland Raiders, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Denver Broncos, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, oh, actually, no, we have the top 20. Sorry, I should, I, my, my bad. I'll just finish it out. Following that is the Miami Dolphins again via the Pittsburgh Steelers. Following them, we have the Oakland Raiders again via the Chicago uh, Bears, it's about to say Bulls, and following them is the Jacksonville Jaguars via the LA Rams. I think we could now officially say that the Steelers won the trade with the Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. Honestly, yeah, I'm so happy that it worked out. There was so much, so much doubt there. Oof, I'm so happy it worked out. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple teams in there that might want to go for a quarterback. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, like it, it's hard to say this far out. I mean, it's, it's not even January yet. It's way too early to be talking specific prospects, but, um, either way there, there should be a ton of good value here, uh, this late in the draft. So, yeah. What make you of, uh, Miami's three first round picks one of which is in the top five um this gives them a lot of room to move around i'm not sure they need to um they're so well positioned but i really think they should just hold hold put at five uh you know unless they want to trade like a, a day two pick to move up uh a pick or two to make sure they get the right quarterback i think that would be huge I would be upset if they moved one of their first rounders to do so. Um, unless, you know, something major happens to a ends up being perfectly healthy and kills it in the pre-draft process, whatever it may be. They really have just so much ammunition to just completely revitalize that team. Um, it should be, it should be good shit for sure. Uh, the Raiders also the holder of multiple first round picks. They have two 
uh, 12 and 19, which also could potentially be enough ammunition to move up here in the draft. Um, depending on what the Giants think of uh, fucking what's his name? God damn it. Daniel Jones. Uh, they could possibly be enticed to move on down. You know, give Oakland if Oakland's ready to move on from fucking what's his name? Their quarterback, uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. I I I could see uh, there's potential for that. Um, Detroit also not in need of a quarterback, I guess. Um, since Matt Stafford's still there, and um, I assume they still like him. Do do you see? Right. Do you see Oakland possibly packaging up some picks here to, to, to try to jump up? Or do you, do you see them as more of a, a, a stand pat candidate as well? I could see them do that. I definitely could. I just don't know if they're a quarterback away. You know, it really depends oh, that's on, a good point. That's fair. on, you know, what happens ahead of them and if teams would be willing to take their offer. Um, you know, I'd, I haven't really looked at their roster too much uh, lately, but I would say that it's a possibility and it's, you know, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll throw 50-50 out there. It's a coin flip at this point, whether or not they want to uh, move on from Carr and see who ha- who they could handle or not who they could handle, who they could grab in the, uh, if they were able to move up uh, top five. All right, let's talk about a man we've spent a lot of time talking about in recent weeks, Jameis Winston. Yay. Um, whose nicknames, according to Pro Football Reference, include Famous Jameis or Jabu. Um, <laughs> did not know that, and I am so much better for knowing it. I unfortunately did know that, and I forgot it, and I'm so happy you reminded me that his nickname's Jabu. Jabu. Jabuins. All right. (laughs) So, Jameis Winston just threw two more interceptions today, one of which was an OT pick six to lose the game against the Falcons in walk-off fashion. And he will now end the season... With and I want to make sure I get this right, um, thirty-three touchdowns and thirty interceptions. The NFL's first thirty-thirty um, season. He actually had forty touchdowns. Only thirty-three of them were to his own team. Just want to say. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> he, so much he, worse. He did set the record for the most pick six in a season. It's just bad it's It's just so so bad bad. it's just so so bad it hurts um corbin did you think you'd live to see the nfl's first 30 for 30 30 30 season (laughs) i really what what's more impressive ronald acuna's 30 30 season or Jameis winston's 30 30 season oh Jameis winston's far and away because there's been 30 30 seasons in the past in baseball this is the first one ever in football um i don't remember the honestly off the top of my head the last time a quarterback threw 30 interceptions and i'm uh, assuming Jameis is still leading the league in passing yards yes by a lot he's so fucking crazy to me like he's one of eight quarterbacks to throw for over five thousand yards in a season 
He threw 30 touchdowns, which is absolutely nothing to scoff at. Yet he still throws the fucking stupidest interceptions. Like he had, How a, many? He had a throw today that was just a crossbody, perfect throw into the end zone for Brashad Perriman. Perfect throw. And then throws two fucking disgusting interceptions. How many interceptions do you think Brett Favre threw in his most interception-laden season? Uh, 26, I'll say. 29. Okay, okay. So even Brett Favre, who was known as a gunslinger and throwing a lot of interceptions, you know, he threw a lot of touchdowns, but he threw a lot of interceptions, so you take the good, you take the bad, you take it all, and then you had the facts of life. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't even get to this. Like, that's astonishing. So can we say that Jameis Winston's better than Brett Favre? I can say he's certainly worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. It's just a fucking lot, man. And I just, I hate how he shows so much promise. And this is his, what, fifth year as a starter? He shows so much promise. And he always has. But it's like there's been almost no improvement in the turnover uh area like the turnover department since he's come into the league at all i just don't know how he could improve at this point uh not turning the ball over (laughs) that's that's it right but I, i honestly don't even know how he can stop doing that and still continue to like sure he could throw less interceptions but there's no way he'd be nearly as good of a quarterback like throwing the ball as he is now and that's kind of saying something you know like he could play it a lot safer but he's not throwing for 5000 yards and 30 touchdowns it so the the I I think we talked about this already but the buccaneers have already committed to bringing him back for next season yeah. What on earth do you think that season's going to look like? I don't know, but it'll be exciting. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have Mike Evans. They're going to have Chris Godwin back. That should be enough to have a crazy season, right? I don't even. All right, so hold on real quick. I don't. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the, at the leader in interceptions year. And... Um, Wow, his his thirties really stands out. Really. So the last season with over thirty interceptions. Do you want to guess the year or player? If you give me the year, I'll try to guess the player. Okay, the year. The last time a player threw more than thirty interceptions in one season, nineteen eighty eight. 1988. 1980. For reference, just to throw it out there, uh, Ben Roethlisberger led the NFL in interceptions last year with 16. Wow. Jameis has 30. Yes. Oh, really? That's so gross. Oh, man. So, Um, 1988, who do you think it was? I don't know if I could name a quarterback like outside of the greats. In 1988. It's a player you 100% know, by the way. John Elway? Vinny Testaverde. Oh, I was going to guess Testaverde. I thought it was... (laughs) Oh, fuck. Vinny Testaverde. Honest honest to God, my first guess was like, 
That sounds like something Vinny Testaverde <laughs> could do. He I then just didn't the know league, if he was a full time starter at that point. He then led the league in interceptions again the next season with twenty two. Oh, Vinny! Just li- just listen to this. So, nineteen eighty seven, Chuck Long of the Detroit Lions leads the league in interceptions twenty. Vinny Testaverde thirty five in eighty eight. Eighty nine, did Vinny Testaverde again, uh, twenty two, and then Dan Marino twenty two. Just fucking out there. Uh, the last time it happened before that, Richard Todd in nineteen eighty for the Jets, um, thirty. Oh, I should mention, uh, Vinny Testaverde in nineteen eighty eight. Want to venture a guess what team he played for? Uh, Miami Dolphins. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I knew it was some team Florida. That makes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the holder of the last two players to throw over 30, intercept- 30, or 30 interceptions or more. Do you know how many interceptions Vinny Testaverde threw in his final college game? How? Oh, no. This is going to be a big number. Otherwise, you wouldn't bring it up. Uh, five. It was five. Yes. Against Penn State in the national championship game. 1987 Fiesta Bowl. Damn. Oh, so 88 was probably his rookie year. Uh, it would have been his second season, I think. Uh, okay. Um, just other 30 interception seasons. Cause I'm, I'm just curious, uh, or at least, um, where the league leader was over 30 Fran Tarkington in 1978. <laughs> um, John Haddle in 1932, sorry, That's with, with 32 in 1968 with the San Diego, um, I don't even know if SD. Oh, just San Diego, San Diego um, Padres. Uh, fuck, not the Padres. It's it's the uh, it's the Chargers. Uh, Jim Hart in 1967 through 30 for the St. Louis uh, Rams, I I guess. Um, or the St. Louis Cardinals. They could have been anything, really. Um, yeah, St. Louis Cardinals. It was the St. Louis Cardinals. Really? Yeah. Um. George Blanda threw 30 interceptions for Houston in 1965. Uh, Al Darrow threw 30 for the New York Titans in 1961. Frank Trapuka threw 34 for Denver in 1960. Uh, Sid Luckman threw 31 for Chicago in 1947. It's weird, like... That was the first. That was the first thirty interception season. Sid Luckman. Sid Luckman's nineteen forty-seven season. I mean, there's there's three Hall of Famers right there, like Sid Luckman, Fran Tarkenton, the third Hall of Fame. John Haddle. No, the other one. Um, Aldaro. No, the other one. (laughs) The last name. The the last. The last name I read. Five names. Yeah. Sid Luckman. Frank um, Tarkenton and Frank Trapuka? Nah, whatever. Maybe he only said four. Um, George Blanda? Oh, George Blanda was the one. Yeah, yeah, he played forever, by the way. Yeah, so it's funny how there's three Hall of Fame quarterbacks there who were good enough for, you know, if they throw 30 interceptions, they're still, you know, they're still Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You're going to keep them in. I want to know the story of the other two guys that honestly just sound like they sucked and how do do they start all season and are able to throw 30 interceptions without getting benched for honestly anyone else i do not know um would you like to venture a guess at 
Um, who has the most career interceptions? Oh man, um, Brett Favre, I guess. Oh, you know what? I'm looking at um, uh, defensive interceptions. I'm looking. I want passing interceptions. That's no fun. Mm. Um, yeah. So if for defensive interceptions, it's Paul Krause with 81 by so many. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh uh, no, only by two. Um, e Emlyn Tunnell has 79. Sorry, um, it's it's so many by any like active player. Like that's one of those records that will never be broken. Oh yeah, the first active player on this list. I'm Richard scrolling Sherman, away. Who has I'm like 31, 32? I'm scrolling so much. Oh my god. Uh Richard Sherman and, and Nakeeb Talib are tied with 35. 35. Traymond Williams is 34. Yeah, that that's not a breakable record anytime soon. Um I'm going to go with Godno. <laughs> wow um hold on i need to know who, who's who's throwing the most interceptions um all right i got it any guesses you said brett Favre. i said brett Favre. it's brett Favre by a lot yeah it's brett Favre. you had by me 16. second guessing myself when you were like oh you said brett Favre. oh okay yeah brett Favre, 336 second is george blanda with 277 a colossal drop off um <laughs> george blanda who also played a lot more years. Um, John Haddle, 268. Vinny Testaverde, 267. And Fran Tarkington, 266. Uh, and also, this is just funny. Uh, the number of teams each person has played for. Brett Favre, four. George Blanda, four. John Haddle, four. Vinny Testaverde, seven. Fran Tarkington, two. I fucking love Vinny Testaverde. I don't because he's kind of, he was kind of a dick. Against was he? yeah, uh, I mean there was that whole you know they dressed up in camo outfits. They're like, "This is fucking war, dude!" And then fucking suck so bad that you know, whatever. Um, but I do would I honestly could say that I would love Vinny Testaverde if it wasn't for that one game because what a story that is! First overall pick in the draft, Heisman Trophy winner, plays for seven NFL teams. As like the quintessential journeyman quarterback, yeah, he really is the standard by which journeyman quarterback are held. Um, I promise to be done after this. Uh, but what year do you think was George Blanda's rookie year? George Blanda, yeah. Uh, is there a dickety in the number? A dickety, yeah, like 19 dickety three, something like that. I don't fucking know. Uh, I don't know, 1941. 1949. What year did George Blanda retire? 1971. 1975. Fuck, damn. What a yep. guy. 26 seasons. 10 in Chicago, 9 in Oakland, 7 in Houston. <laughs> Yikes. I so think here's longer than... I think he's... His shortest career stay is longer than the longest in J Vinny Testaverde's career. Uh, it's actually tied. Vinny has, um, I believe, seven seasons in New York. Yes. Um, so just to emphasize how different eras were, George Blanda, the longest career, 20, 20, 26 seasons, um, career yards, 26,920. Okay, 26,920 yards, 236 passing touchdowns. 
Vinny Testaverde. He played from 1987 to 2007. Also a very long career, but a full six seasons shorter. Um, mm-hmm. 46,233 yards. Little bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah, 20,000 yards more. Um, interestingly yeah. enough, 275 passing touchdowns, which is only 40 more. Um, but yeah, well, 20,000 more. George is a yards. Hall of Fame quarterback, and Vinny Testavarde is very much not even in the Hall of Good. He's in the Hall of Very Fun. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Ooh, Vinny Testaverde's Hall of um, Fun would be a good episode. Actually, that would be a good episode. Players that suck but are just really fun. Yeah, Jameis Winston. hundred <laughs> percent. We could put together like an uh, an all pro team like that. The all fun team. All fun team. We're gonna write that one down. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, that's all. That's all I got. Uh, we covered a lot of ground here today. We'll we'll do updates as the postseason. Uh, commences of course uh the nfl postseason is always fascinating full of frustration heartbreak and nothing that you could possibly predict um that sounds like a promo for it <laughs> promise it was not if it was that means we got paid and you know we did not um any final thoughts from you uh freddie kitchens i know you're looking for a job now if you want to come podcast with us <laughs> we could probably find some time in the schedule to squeeze you in we can rename it the kitchen sink Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you. Um, definitely are the name of a podcast, but with your with your prowess, I'm sure we could overtake that uh, podcast, probably existing podcast. Yeah, or, you know, Freddy Kitchens, just, you know, stop by. Say hi. Join in the mayhem. Um, yep. Well, that's uh, that's it. Our next podcast will be coming uh, to yeah, you. I guess I don't really have much else to say. That's fine, buddy. Um we're going to head off into the new year. We'll see all you guys in 2020, even 2020. Fuck, I almost fucked that shit up. It's only two numbers. Um, you want to follow the show on Twitter? You can do so at JuicyPod. You want to hit us up via uh, you want to hit us up via Gmail? You can do so at JuicyTheNumbers at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, y'all have a good one.